Welcome to Just James's podcast. Scooby Doo Doo, Wobbly Wow, Billy Mariah, Wow, 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 with Thomas, definitely not Timothy. Yeah! Nailed it! Hello, everybody! Welcome back to Just James. It is your host, James. And I have my beautiful plant, Thomas, with me. He is absolutely stinking gorgeous. I just adore this bloody boy. Um, For those of you new to the podcast, hello. Uh, Yes, Thomas is my co-host, the brains behind this operation, and my pet plant. And for my regulars, welcome back, guys. I missed you last week. I'm sorry I didn't put a podcast out. Um... I try to put as many things on my Instagram as I could. I put a little video up. I put a little uh, note up. But I've got shingles. <laughs> and I was just so man down last week. I had the most horrific headache. I still don't feel right. And I actually, I'm not going to Pilates. For me, it's Tuesday. This podcast is going to come out for you guys tomorrow, which is Wednesday. Um, and I was going to go to Pilates, but I'm just not 100% yet. And I just, as much as I want to go and I love my class, I just feel like I have to also give my body the time it needs to recover. I think if I do too much too soon, I'm just going to make myself sick and I'm just not going to heal as quickly as I should do. So I'm just giving my body the rest that it needs. I just feel, I feel exhausted. I feel absolutely, 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 absolutely shattered. So, um, yeah, for those of you guys that don't know what shingles is and you go, oh, my God, what is that? Well, shingles is actually an infection. It's a, when you are a child and you ha- – I mean, I suppose you don't have to be a child, but most people have chickenpox when we're children. Um, and I didn't actually know this, but the virus for chickenpox stays in your body for the rest of your life. So when you are – run down, burnt out, your body's, you know, not at its peak performance, if you're stressed out, all of these things can actually reignite the shingles virus. It's called shingles as an adult. And it's actually the chickenpox virus. So you get, I, I, because I've got big boobs, so I had a, I got a rash under the left under my left breast like on my tummy um and it took me a couple of days to notice it and then I thought oh that's strange so I wonder why I have a little rash and I genuinely thought maybe it was from dog grooming you know just rubbing up against the dog tables or you know just like a random little like bacterial rash I just I didn't think much of it I put a bit of Bactroban on it which is a uh it's a um It's a tropical cream that's got antibiotics in it. Um, And I put a bit of Savlon on it and I left it for a day. Well, did I wake up? (coughs) That was, I noticed it on this last Saturday. Sunday, it was there. And then Monday, I literally crashed. I felt horrific. So I told one of the doctors that I work with my symptoms. I had this severe headache. I had it Saturday, I had it Sunday. Monday, I was just, I literally had no energy to do anything. And obviously I had this rash. So I sent a picture of the rash to, to my doctor and said, you know what this is? And she went, oh my God, James, you've got shingles. So it's, 
you with with shingles you can feel like a tingling or painful feeling in areas of the skin you have a headache and you feel generally unwell i felt like i was constantly hung over and just drained and my body hurt do you know like i don't know if you've ever had a migraine and your body gets like tingly and sensitive that's how i feel like my body just feels like sensitive it's a really strange feeling but you get a rash on your chest or on your tummy and sometimes it can appear like on your face around your eyes it can even appear around your genitals so the rash it's blotches on your skin it's normally on one side of your body only so you won't get it if you got it everywhere around your body it's not shingles but the blotches become really itchy that itchy blisters and they can ooze like a fluid so I've been very fortunate I haven't had that I've just had the rash I think I've got it quite mildly then and I've caught it really fast enough but it's like a cluster and if it if it appears around the eyes it can actually make you go blind it's really dangerous so if you things that you might sort of need Medical. I mean, if you get shingles, they always say to you phone one triple one, which in the UK is like our emergency support number. It's um, I don't know what it would be in any other country, unfortunately, but in the UK it's triple one. And you, if you need medical help, um, you can sort of phone the number. When I had really severe uh, COVID or a tw- I. Um, dislocated my ankles I phoned triple one and then they sent out an ambulance so that's the number that you could sort of call so um, you could take paracetamol for it they say don't take ibuprofen though because it can actually make the rash scar but that's what my GP told me and then when I spoke to my doctor who um, I, I work with who's an aesthetic doctor she said that's a myth so I don't really know which is the right contradicting information. I don't want to say one's better, one's right and one's not because I don't know. But you need to keep the rash clean. And, and because the, while you have the rash and if the rash, rash is blistering, it is actually you're contagious in that time. So and I'll talk about that in a, in a couple of seconds. But basically we're loose fitting clothes. Um, you know, don't dress or cover the wound don't put antibiotics on the cream, uh, antibiotics cream on the wound because it'll help. It will make it slow down the healing. But shingles can last up to four weeks and your skin can be painful for weeks after the rash is gone, but it usually gets better over time. So things, people to stay away from, and this is what where you're contagious. So while you have the rash and if the rash is blistering, you you can't spread shingles to other people but if somebody hasn't had chicken pox before, they can get chicken pox from you. So because it's it actually is the chicken pox virus, you have to avoid pregnant people who've never had chicken pox before, people with immune uh, weakened immune systems, like someone who has chemotherapy, babies that are less than a month old, unless you've personally given birth to them, because then they'll be protected with your immune system. But for like work and schools, you've got to stay away from schools, stay away from children. Um, and especially if the rash is on your face, apparently it's more, if it, because it's on my tummy, I can cover it up and it's not really spreadable. But if it was on your face, you can inspre- ins- spread it onto other people as well. 
So uh, if you're pregnant and get shingles, there's no danger, for, you know, for you or the baby. But speak to your sorry and you know your your antenatal specialist and things like that. Um, <coughs> but you can't get shingles from somebody with chickenpox. So you can't get shingles from somebody that currently has chickenpox. But you um, because if because the virus is already in your body, if you've had it before, you can't sort of recatch it again. But uh, you can also have a shingles vaccine. It's normally available to people over the age of 70 and it helps sort of the r r risk of getting shingles because you can apparently get it more than once in your life, which is quite strange. I actually didn't know that, but it's not great. I just feel really run down. I feel absolutely exhausted all the time. Last week, I just, I honestly, my brain with the headaches, I couldn't put myself together to put a podcast together. I just really didn't feel up for it I just I was so I was so unwell uh so I definitely feel a little bit better this week I'm not 100% yet I'm still taking they've given me sort of like antiviral tablets so I'm still taking them I, I made the mistake I for two days I was taking them and then I started feeling better and then I stopped taking the tablets and now I feel worse again so because it stays in your system for up to four weeks I have to finish the course of medication so I am trying to take it and my my rash is so itchy on my on my tummy at the moment. But, you know, sometimes we can all feel, and I think my problem is that I was actually run down. I'm so overdoing it. I know I'm overdoing it. I'm burning the candle on both ends, on all fronts. And I need I need a holiday. I really do. I need to, to shut off. I need to take a break, whether it just be sitting at home by myself or actually going somewhere. I do I know I need a holiday. I need a break from my from my work. I haven't taken a I've taken one day off in almost two years. And I can feel it. I can really feel that I'm I'm burnt I'm very burnt out. I think it's affecting my moods. It's affecting my friendships. I'm short tempered. I'm definitely, definitely, definitely not myself. So, you know, and I I tend to just stay in my own bubble and I don't want to socialize. I don't want to go out because I'm just so run down that I don't have the extra capacity to then still on top of that be like the super social butterfly at the moment because I'm just, I'm just so burnt out. But, you know, I think the seasonal changes at the moment, there's, um, you know, there's seasonal depression. I think it definitely, definitely is a thing. But we can feel sometimes just under the weather a little bit. And I think this is my body's way of going, James, it's time. It's time you need to settle your soul. But there's things that could also make you feel unwell. Things like lack of iron. You know, if you – anemia is one of the most common medical reasons for feeling run down. So iron deficiency is more common in women than it is in men. So you can feel more run down from iron quicker. And, I mean, for obvious reasons, you know, we do <laughs> – excrete blood as well so sorry it's very visual I'm sorry about that uh, but you know your daily iron requirements include dark green leafy vegetables you can have things like watercress spinach curly kale meats pulses fortified cereals and breads and some of these options are packed with extra iron and if you're worried about an iron deficiency I would certainly speak to a GP and maybe look at some things like that Eating a meal before bedtime can make you feel sluggish when you wake up. 
it's because if you eat a big meal before bed, the large meals, your digestive system has to work while you're sleeping. So try and eat more regularly and lighter meals if you have to eat later at night instead of building up the infrequency and the big meals as well. And that way your gut won't be working away when you're trying to sleep and have, you know, try and stop eating at least two to three hours before you go to bed. If you're dehydrated, it sounds so simple. And, but you can suffer from tiredness because you're dehydrated. So if you're not drinking enough water, you can become dizzy, your blood pressure can drop. And one of the main causes for tiredness is often just dehydration. So, you know, try and drink your eight glasses of water a day. I focus on the two liters. So I try and make sure I drink two liters rather than the glasses because I tend to lose track of how many glasses I've had, to be honest. Whereas if I go, right, I need to finish this two liter bottle of water, then I know that I've drunk enough water for the day. Uh, Too much alcohol as well can make you tired, can, you know, you don't sleep very well if you've if you've got alcohol in your system um so you know obviously cut down the booze if you possibly possibly can stress stress and anxiety can lead to colds and flus it's it's led to my shingles um if you run down it you you need to sort of work on your stress and anxiety and if you can fix a short term solution and sort of a long-term one, you're definitely, definitely going to feel better. You're going to like get better. And that's exactly what's happened to me. I'm completely stressed out. And uh, it's led to led to me getting really unwell, unfortunately. And I, you know, the weird thing is I was actually in like a really bad mood today. Like I'm irritated. But I think it's because my body's run down. I'm just feeling like my system just needs a break. Like I really want to just lie and watch a movie and do absolutely nothing rather than working and doing things that I should be doing. And that's definitely not the right attitude. So there's things that I could do. I could go for a walk and just get some fresh air. You could uh, fake it till you make it, as they say. And sort of smiling is a really good way to release endorphins. It's a natural chemical that relieves stress and it makes you feel better. And Laughing is always a great way to sort of help you with stress levels. Um, breathing. If you have a situation where you you just need to breathe properly, pay attention to your breathing, it lowers your stress levels and increases your relaxation and gradually lengthening your inhalations can activate the body's chill-out response. So I think, you know, Taking time to just smell the roses sometimes can really, really help. Just take the time, go for a coffee, go watch a street performer, go walk your dog. Just take a moment to appreciate what's going on around you. It can be far too easy for us to get caught up in our own brains, get caught up in our bad moods and lift your head and see what's going on around you and move your body. Get outside, go do a bit of exercise You'll be surprised how quickly you'll actually get out of a bad mood if you do a little bit of cardio and sort of get your blood pressure rising a little bit. Um, visualize your happy place. Think about your favorite place. Imagine, you know, image or, or moment 
and try and keep it as positive as you can, whether you see yourself at the top of a rocky mountain or at a concert or whatever it is, visualize can help you calm down and listen to some music. Listen to your favorite music, something that's uplifting, emotionally triggering, anything that's going to clear your mind and allow you to put issues into perspective. And take five minutes to do absolutely nothing. Sometimes just recharging your batteries for a couple of minutes. Whatever the situation is, just walk away from it. Shut a door. Don't slam it. And take a few deep breaths. Be by yourself. Just give yourself permission to do absolutely nothing for five minutes. Whether it be going and lying in a bath. Whether it be just going to another room. Just focus on yourself for five minutes and then come back to the focal point. Come back to where you need to be. You may find that you'll be a little bit more grateful. You could be stuck in traffic. Your boss could be on your nerves. You could be really annoyed or something. But if you just realize how lucky you are that we actually have a great life, we're great people, we're good community, you are the best that you are trying to be. And it could sound so simple and so obvious, but just list five things that you're grateful for, five things that make you happy, and you'll be surprised how quickly you can start to feel better. You can cheer yourself up by just going, you know what, I've actually got a really freaking amazing partner, I've got a really amazing kids, I've got an amazing job, I've got an amazing family, I've got an amazing home, I have a roof over my head, just simple little things that you're personally grateful for and you'll be surprised it could actually really change your mood it could really help in in some ways so hopefully that's a little bit of advice that's going to help you guys this week I sometimes you know I think the problem is and I mentioned this a few minutes ago is that I get caught up because I have two companies and I am trying to keep everything together and still have time for my family and still have time for my friends and still have time for my jobs and just have time for myself to actually like chill out I'm sometimes struggling to find the motivation to to leave the house because for me when I finally have like a day off or a night off. I just want to just chill out. I don't actually want to be around anybody. I spend all day on the phones. I spend all day grooming dogs. I run from pillar to post. By the time it's actually the weekend, I just don't want to do anything. I don't actually want to go out. So spending quality time with your family and friends is actually a really good thing for the soul. And sometimes I even forget that. I used to be such a social butterfly. I never used to, I literally was never home, never. I was always out somewhere. I was always busy. I have friends that I literally consistently couldn't see, consistently canceled on because I was busy all the time. And it, it is such a bad friend that I, I've been and I know that. I know this. there's some friends out there that just don't see me as a very good friend. And it's because I was too busy for my own friendships. In my mind, our friendships were great. In their mind, I'm just never there. And I get that. I do. I completely get that. Um, and I think that I've had friends drift away from me because of that. And I don't blame them, to be fair. Um, I haven't been a really, really great bud to a lot of people. And then COVID hit and then, you know, we all, our, my life changed completely. 
And it's almost done an entire flip around to the point now that I just don't want to leave the house. Like I want to be invited. I just don't want to go. But spending quality time with friends and loved ones is just so good for your soul. And if you've ever left a gathering with friends and felt refreshed and that it was a really good thing and you, you know, you had fun with them, it's too much time on your own can also make you lonely and out of touch. So it's important to make the effort. And there's benefits to socializing. There's a mental health benefit. It can lighten your mood. It can make you feel happier. It can lower your risk of dementia. Social interaction is very good for brain health. It promotes a sense of safety, belonging and security, which is very important to all of us, whether you want to want it or not. Sometimes, look, I understand we're not all, we don't all have friends and that's okay as well, you know. I think finding friends is hard and I think as we get older, finding friends is really difficult. If you move to a new area, if you are socially awkward, if you're not very confident, it's so hard to make friends. But allowing you to find somebody that you can confide in and let others confide in you is really, really important. And I've done loads of podcasts on how to find friends and make friends and, um, you know, places that that you could go to, to to interact with people and meet new people. So go back to my old podcast. I think it's even called like Finding Friends. I can't even remember. Um, but there, I do have podcasts out there that, that give you some help and give you some advice. So I hope that if you are looking to make friends that you can go back and have a listen to those podcasts because they would be very useful and really helpful. And I hope that it does help somebody out there. But social networking and online interaction can give people a false sense of connect, connectness. Sometimes you have to face-to-face meet friends. We need to physically connect for our mental health and scheduling time for friends in person on a regular basis to avoid loneliness. It's Sometimes just going for a quick coffee is a great way to do it, even if it's just 15 minutes. You know, your default peer group Is it work and relationships at work are important, but relationships outside of work are important as well. So relationships with neighbors, the parents of your kids' friends, people that share common interests with you, it's all good for your well-being. So take a second to evaluate the people that you're spending time with and look at ways to branch out of that circle that, that goes beyond your work colleagues, that goes beyond just being friends with people because they're friends with your kids, you know, you know, feeling lonely or looking for ways to grow a circle you can there's places that you can contact as well there's things that you can there's there's church groups if that's something of interest to you there's um um meetups bumble has even got a friendship section on it it doesn't have to be a dating section you can make friends um you know there's there's a lot of ways in which you can interact with other people and i hope this helps you to maybe find a friend or to consider finding a friend as well. And if all else fails, DM me on Instagram and I'll be your friend. <laughs> I'm always here for my – I want this community to be here for each other and a place that I know my podcast is only a short one every week and it's just me and my life and me sitting in my bedroom and talking to the world and telling you just a little bit about the random things that I find are important. But at the end of the day – I I want you to feel included and I want you to feel like this is a safe place for you. So 
please always reach out to me if you feel like you need to or you want to or you just want somebody to talk to or some advice. I'm always here. So you can always get hold of me. One of my listeners, um, because I've worked in medical for so many years and I give out so much advice and I speak to a lot of patients and sometimes patients do need to go to a surgeon and, you know, we always say to them, look, you know, sometimes it is best to go for a plastic surgeon rather than an aesthetic surgeon. But somebody uh, asked me the other day, is how do you pick the right surgeon? And I thought, you know what, it's actually a really good topic because I I think plastic surgery is a personal choice. I will never promote it and go, you need to go and have plastic surgery. This is this is very a personal reason. It would have to be some a decision that you make for yourself. And it would have to be something that you personally feel that you want to have done. It is unless it's life threatening. And I'm talking more on an aesthetics perspective where you want to make a change to your to your body, to yourself, I think whatever makes you self-confident, you need to do for yourself. That has to be a personal decision that you feel that you want to make done. Nobody can push you into this. Nobody can encourage you to do it. Don't look at celebrities and go, I wish I looked like that because it's unrealistic expectations. We will never look the way that they do because they've got the money, they've got the resources, and they've got the what's the word I'm looking for? They've got the photoshopped images that give a very false expectation to what we as a society feel we should look like. And trends change. Look at the, look at the Kardashians, for example, they're all losing the big bums because they're over that trend and they've got the financial stability behind them that they can make those changes for themselves and it doesn't impact their lives. Whereas there's young girls that go, I want to look like a Kardashian and they go and have these bums in, in, you know, these fake bums put in and now look, the trend is changing. So don't follow a celebrity for the trend. Do something that feels right for you, that feels right for your body. And I think picking the right surgeon for that is crucial for your health and for your safety. So there are so many medical doctors out there that are absolute mavericks that are, and what I mean by that is that they are MacGyvers. They do not care about your needs, what's right for you. They care about the money coming to their pockets and there is there is there is so many doctors out there that don't have very good reputations and i think it's so important that you need to find the right doctor for you and i think you have to be an empowered patient and what i mean by that is that the patient needs to protect themselves and the first task to determine your choice is to find out if your potential surgeon is improved by is it approved by the, by your insurer first of all? Um, who is a resident of the hospital that you're looking to have it done? Are they a fly by night? Do they live in a different country and they're flying in because they get paid a little bit extra and then they're flying out and you won't have any access to that surgeon again? Um, are they a recommended healthcare professional? Can you routinely see them? Is there a way that you can research their backgrounds, their ratings? Have you met with the surgeon first of all? In the UK, you have to you uh, you have to. There's a 14 day cool off period before you can have any plastic surgery. So you will have to have met with your surgeon. You then have 14 days to change your mind, and then you can have this, have a procedure done. 
it's a cool off period that you have to do within the UK. Um, so, but some surgeons will chat to you over Zoom and then the next day you're in the theater and it's just, it's, it's so dangerous because they haven't looked at the factors. They haven't looked at what your requirements are. They're just trying to get money through the door. And I think it, you've got to be so careful in doing that. And I think the wealth and information on a surgeon is these days is a click away. You can literally find, you can spend an hour on a computer and find the most interesting information about anybody these days. And there's four factors that you need to consider before you look at a surgeon. Number one, are they, what are their credentials? Are they, are they board certified? Are they um, BARPS members in the UK? BARPS members is a British Association of Plastic Surgeons. And basically, if you're a BARPS surgeon, you're one of the best surgeons in the UK. You've had to meet a criteria with in your career to be qualified as a BARP surgeon. And there's only, I think, like under 400 BARP surgeons because it's so difficult to become one. So in the States, I could be mistaken. I think if you're double board certified, it's sort of the same level, but I'm not sure. Again, I'm, I'm based in the UK, so don't don't take my word for it. Other countries, there's different qualifications. So what membership organizations are they a part of? Because if they're part of those membership organizations, it means they've met the criteria within their career statistics to ensure that they are qualified enough to be the right surgeon for you. Um, you know, have you confirmed the certifications? And again, if you are part of these membership organizations, their qualifications would have been verified. So it's very important. If they're not a part of any membership organization, I certainly wouldn't go near them. Have they been sanctioned? Have there been any criminal cases against them? Have they had any disciplinary history against them? All of those things are really important. And most physician data services will have that information up there. You can have a look at it. I would check their ratings. I'll check their number of performances and procedures that they've done. Have they had any major complication rates? Um, you know, too many people go for like a minimal invasive procedure. And I think that there could be major complications in a lot of procedures as well. I would truly understand what the procedure is that you're looking to have done. I would interview the surgeon. 100%. This is, a, it's an interview. It's not, you're, you may be paying a consultation fee to see them, but you are choosing somebody that's going to change your body for the rest of your life. And I think if you want to narrow down the choices of a potential surgeon, you have to set up an appointment with them. You have to ask them the really critical co um, questions. If you were having a specific procedure, say, for example, you were having a breast surgeon, breast, breast surgery, I would go online and Google the questions to ask a breast surgeon. Get a list of questions and have go planned with your questions. And they might sound trivial, but you're interviewing them for something that they're going to change for your body. So I would ask them really crucial questions. I would ask them what they specialize in. If there is a surgeon that does more than one different type of procedure, I would question why. Because if somebody is a knee surgeon and a breast surgeon, why are you doing two different surgeries? What, where is your speciality? Why are you not honing in on one speciality? A knee and a boob are two very different areas in the body. Where is your focus as a surgeon? 
And I think asking that question is really important. You know, where is that surgeon's focus? If they do nose jobs and knees and toes, what what's the point? Do, why, like, pick pick a lane. <laughs> That's my opinion. Um, you know, unless they were doing one for like underprivileged children and the other one for the commercial need of an income. Yes, okay, yeah, sure, I get that. But when you've got a surgeon that is just so all over the place and he does eight, 82 different procedures and any you can basically walk in and get anything done with him, I just feel like there's no speciality there. And I just feel like it's, that's money hungry. And where why are your chances of complication rates may be lower because there's too many different procedures that you're doing for major complication rates to be noted because you – if you Google that surgeon being like, how many breast complication rates have they had? And they've had one, but they've had 37 knee complications, 85 nose complications, and 89 back complications. It's going to shift his complication rate because they're in different areas. So sometimes you won't pick up the complications because you're not specifically looking for a specific complication in a specific area because you're looking for a complication in a breast. Does that make sense? I hope that makes sense to you. So I think knowing your risks, knowing what can harm you, what can go wrong, and what can go right. I think before you make a final decision, you need to talk to other patients who've had the procedure done by the surgeon. Ask the doctor for names and numbers if they can provide it. If the and I mean if some if I had a good surgeon surgeon, and the surgeon went, oh, would you give me a referral? Hundred percent, I would. But if that surgeon doesn't have anybody that will give them a referral that would be something that con concerns me. Talk to their colleagues, fellow doctors, nurses, hospital employees that know who the best and the worst surgeon is. Often, you know, they joke in emergency rooms that, um, you know, who's got the most complications? I always, when I go and talk to, to theatre staff, I go, who's the bad guy? Who's the one who's got issues? Who's the one that's had patients die on the table? Who's the ones that have patients rush back into the theater because something's gone wrong while they're in recovery? I ask those questions because it's important to know. And always, and I mean always, get a second opinion. Don't speak to one surgeon and go, that's it, I'm done. Please go and speak to another surgeon. Go and get a second opinion. Go and get a third opinion if you need to. But speak to more than one doctor because one doctor might just be a really good gift of the gab and have a lot to say to you. And somebody else might genuinely answer questions and give you information that the other surgeon was too petrified to tell you because they're too scared of ruining their reputations. And I think make a pros and cons list of everything you want to have done before you have any procedure done. Don't rush into plastic surgery. I think it's really, really important that you take your time and make sure that this is the right thing for you. Firstly, it's a costly experiment if you're not 100% sure about it. And second of all, it's for the rest of your life. So take, you've got to take it so seriously. There's these young girls that go and have all these surgeries done at like 19, 20 years old. And then at 35, they go, fuck, why did I do that? Excuse my swearing, I swore. <gasps> I've been so good at not swearing. So um, I hope that helps. I hope it gives you some good good insight and some good advice. And I hope I wasn't too preachy because it's something I'm really passionate about and something that I really truly understand. So I hope it didn't come off too preachy and be like, don't you dare do this because that was not my intention at all. Um. 
because I didn't do a podcast last week, I'm a little bit lost where I am with the conundrum. And I just can't can't be asked to go and listen to my last podcast to find out what the conundrum was. So I think it was what type of cheese is made backwards? And the answer is is Edom, which is made. What type of cheese is made backwards, which is Edom? Um, I think that was the last conundrum, but I can't remember. So this is either a new one or I'm repeating myself. And I'm sorry if I'm repeating myself. Let me know because I just, I can't remember. And I'm, because I'm unwell, my brain is just, I, I don't know. So what always runs but never gets hot? What always runs but never gets hot? So send your answers to Just James Podcast which is just underscore James underscore podcast on Instagram. And I'll give you a shout out if you get it right. But guys, um, I, I also don't have any new social media follows. I'm sorry. I was, I didn't even get that done. I was too excited to get the podcast out to you, but you can always go and follow my, uh, TikTok, which is Jamie, the dog groomer, which is J A M I E T H E D O G G R O M E R. Jamie, the dog groomer. Um, on TikTok, go and follow me. You can see my videos about dogs. I give you guys some some advice on dogs. I haven't done, I don't do videos very often, I must say. Uh, and also, I've been unwell, so the last thing I really wanted to do was was do a video. But I might do a video uh, this week on bad breath in dogs and some advice on what you can do there. So I will try and get one out. I just again, I'm not very active on on social media, so. I'm not very good at it. I think that's the thing. <laughs> and I realize it's crucial for a podcaster to be on social media. So I do get that. But I will hopefully um, get better at it. Guys, don't wonder if the glass is half empty or half full. The glass is refillable. And our lives are refillable. And our our cups are refillable. And this week, let's fill our cups. Let's take the time and recharge and refresh we're almost at the end of the year. It's almost 2022 over. I can't believe we're almost halfway through November, guys. Uh, but I hope you have a wonderful week. And again, I'm sorry I was gone last week, everyone. I will chat again soon. Goodbye. They're the two best friends that anyone can have. They're the two best friends that anyone can have. They're the two best friends that anyone can have. Just James and Thomas the Plant.